Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here <clears throat> by the person that 28 years ago was born. Yeah. 28 years in like three hours. I was born at eight o'clock on a Friday. There you go. Happy birthday, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, as you have birthdays, it's kind of like it's become normal, normal days. I guess because I didn't have a birthday party this year. We do you, do you want to have a virtual birthday party? No, I can turn to a fox again. <laughs> on Zoom, last time I had a birthday party was like six years ago. Oh, um, I I want to. I wonder. I wonder if if I can change my background and have some balloons or something. No, my Apple Watch did that at twelve o'clock. What it um, your your it gave you it like vibrated and had balloons popping up, and I was like, oh, like really? almost like it's like. Oh, did you forget it was your birthday? <laughs> oh, I've never had that happen. Well, you should wear your Apple Watch on your birthday. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I got some lights. It's like on. Christmas. <laughs> Wait, uh, hold on. I can do a party hat. No, that's a pizza. It's a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is great for an audio podcast. We're talking about visual things that are happening behind us. Uh, at, least I'm not a raccoon. at least I'm not a raccoon. At least you're not a raccoon. I'm just gonna keep the Christmas lights up. <laughs> um, that'll be the that's the that's the happy birthday festivities. There well, and it's go. also it's also Ethan's birthday on uh, on Sunday too. So yeah, there you go. You guys are almost like birthday twins, right? Well, my mom's birthday's on Monday. There you go. Everybody's every, yeah. Everybody's everybody was born around this time. Yeah, there you go. I've uh, never done the math. I don't know what. Well, yeah, I guess you add two months. June. No, you had three months. July, but I was doing their thing in July. Oh, God, is that what you talk? Thinking about Jesus, it's weird. I just never uh, thought about it. It's like, yeah. damn, it's um, all right, well, Valentine's Day, it's like, <laughs> May baby, right? All right, well, moving on. Uh, <laughs> there's November, there's November right, 11th. Can we move 12, on? Can we, let's just move on. Just move on. Just move on. <laughs> just, 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 just keep going. Just keep going. Um, all right. Um, I think, I think since you and I last spoke on the podcast, um, I've had what three games, maybe four. Did you play last Friday? No, last no. Friday was spring break. Yeah. Last Friday was still spring break. So I've had three games since, since you and I have last spoken. Uh, we won all three games. You came to one of them. Your ducks are still undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Eight and no. Um, yeah, you don't know, still undefeated at home. Um, you know which else is undefeated, which is pretty cool. Who St. Mark's, St. Mark's is undefeated. Uh, St. Mark's, yeah, shout out to Anthony, um, the assistant coach at St. Mark's. Shout out, shout out to Swayze as well. No shout out to Anthony, take your shout out back. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Swayze. Um, shout out to the real coach of the program. <laughs> yeah, shout out to, yeah, shout out to Dan Swayze, uh, the man. Um, but well, yeah, I mean, George's is still undefeated too. Yeah, we play them. We play them in a couple of weeks. Archmere. Yeah. Um, Brandywine. Yeah, I I wanna I wanna. Yeah, I, ultimately, I think it's been it's been a really cool cool season. Um, I guess you can happy. say you can say that uh, you played the most games. I've also yeah, I've played the most games. I've played eight games where a lot of the teams have played six or seven. You ain't ducking the smoke. He's I'm undefeated uh, and I played eight games. Yeah. With a 45 goal diff. Yeah. 
Um, on Monday, yeah, I'll actually I'll bring this up in my player of the match. So never mind. Um, I hope you're getting the player of the match. So I think you're getting the player of the match. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe we have different. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll we'll figure it out. I guess we'll find out. Uh, you gotta stick around to find out who who I'm talking about and who doing things I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, and you're you going to a tournament this weekend? Yo, I'm going to. I finally played a game. You're um, going to first tournament. Starting the season off in the middle of April. Busy, busy two weeks for you. I know, and then we got a week off. <laughs> um, um, yeah, we're going to the old line state classic, man. Playing some some regional competition down there. Um, a lot of teams heading down there. It should be a good tournament uh, to play some teams from uh, Baltimore and I think Pennsylvania. Um, so a lot of teams coming down. The old line state Delaware classic. Teams. The old line state classic is the tournament that I. Oh no, that was Deptford. Never mind. They don't give out those big trophies. No, old line, old line, old line. I've had success at old line though. Uh, Deptford was a, the the tournament where where both my teams where I left with hardware with both my teams. Yeah, I got second place last year. Um, here. Yeah, so old line, it's a good tournament. It's a good tournament. Um, a little in, little different because it's it's run by the Central Maryland Soccer Association, so they have different kind of rules and stuff. So they yeah, it's always cool. weird because like Maryland, like the parents sit on the same side as the coach, and in Delaware, the parents sit across. So like, yeah, you end and up with a, they also you have, end up with a vacant sideline. They also do they also do two man system. Yeah. They don't do three referees. They do two. So it's it's a little bit it's a little different. Um, but but it's a good experience. Um, always always had fun at the at the good CMSA tournaments. We're going to ball out till we fall out, and it's going to be awesome. That uh, one it's going to be interesting. I've never heard this. A parent tell me this, but I have a a kid on my team who's going to be playing against their cousin on the other team this weekend. You know, two for your cousin. Well. Let me tell her. Let me see where her cousin plays and be like, "Oh, who's the best one in the family?" Yeah. And if, <laughs> you ever have to play against a family member? No, nah, I don't have any family members really my age, um, or that live around here. I like the idea of the family members. Hang on to that thought for the on this day in history. Yeah. For later, I, hang on to that. Because that first game, cousins going at each other. Cousins going at each other. That's kind of cool. It's kind of, well. The other cool part, well, the other interesting part is that's who they usually stay with when we go to tournaments on this side of town, on that side of town. So, uh, if we go out and beat them too bad, they might not have a place to stay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Remember that one time? Um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we have an interview today. Uh, we got an interview from the convention. Uh, we got Ada Greenwood. He's the vice president of college. Uh, he's the vice president of college of the, the college advisor program at TGS Total Global Sports. Who manages the UCNL? UCNL, yeah. So we we learn a lot about uh, about TGS in general and his in his background as a coach. Um, if I remember correctly, he talks about Carly Lloyd. No, yeah, Alex, a, no, Alex Morgan. No, he's a Cali guy. Yeah, no, he yeah, he's a Cali guy that grew up um, with Alex Morgan. Alex Morgan, yep, yeah. in like the San Diego area. Yeah, I think so. So he talks about uh, Alex Morgan. So um, yeah, we'll we'll listen to Adam now. Dwayne, we might have a guest <laughs> who uh, who was who was told to be here. 
It was told. It was, it was a obligation. It was yeah, but it's actually pretty exciting because uh, I do want to talk to him. Yeah, we. Don't, I mean, we don't turn any guests away. I mean, I see a guest walking by behind us that we told to be here, and he's still walking past. <laughs> <laughs> so at least we have a guest in the chair, right? Um, so we have a guest, Mr. Greenwood here, is from TGS. Yep. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. So, good morning. Good afternoon. What What is What is TGS? And let's talk about TGS, Total Global Sports. So basically, it's a system that started. It's a platform that started in 2012. It just integrates everything with club, soccer, and with the college coaches currently. It does it does billing, it does scheduling. Its main partner right now is ECNL, but it does a lot of, you know, big tournaments. It does the Legend Showcase, does a lot of tournaments out here. And what it ultimately does, it just helps simplify the process and every every uh player as an app where they put their profile and they get to put all their you know academics their soccer achievements and then all the college coaches get a free app where they can just research and basically get to whatever player they're looking for and you can research by club by state by last name by region whatever and it's it's a real simple tool it's probably you know, the most simple app that's out there. We have 3,000, you know, college coaches using the app and they get 100 free emails a day to email these college coaches. Oh, wow. So it's, oh, a really, awesome. it's a really simple way to just for them to understand the process. We obviously educate them on how to get recruited. You know, you got to do the eligibility center so you can upload your transcripts one day. You got to do all these necessary things. Some families, like some clubs, like a club like PDA, they all know on June 15th, that's when the first time you can talk to a college yeah. coach. And then some clubs, they don't have a clue. So it's a, it's about just being there wherever they are on the journey, wherever they are in the process, and then just helping them. And, we, you know, I've been with TGS for about 14 months. Like I told you, I coached collegiately yeah. for a long time and I was the director on the girl side at Surf for a long time. And so I've been been coaching, but I got out of I got out of coaching because I started a family and I, I got a four-year-old daughter at 50. So don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. It's great. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And uh but th this this system, it's you know, we have a lot of um of the top BCS schools and the top programs using the college app because we have an upgrade that they can use and they get to send 50,000 emails a week from our database, which is about 750,000 youth kids. And they basically will, they'll, they have a template page and they'll be able to go, all right, we're going to market our camps or so-and-so just got drafted number four from Florida state, Jenna Nightswanger or whoever. And they get to just, market whatever they want to market so like i was helping notre dame men the other day with their email blast they have a camp today so it's it's just whatever you want to do some of these programs do like you know breast cancer walks and they can yeah. put it on a template and promote that they're doing this community service stuff or they have academic honors yeah. and so it's it's a really good tool and that's probably the thing that i'm putting a lot of energy into as well because i fly to all the big college showcase events and just promote that product. But we have a lot of, you know, big schools on there right now as well, which is exciting. And, 
everybody kind of sells their camps out in two weeks because when you email 50,000 people yeah. and you can do it by state, region, it's it's pretty grade, position, it's pretty, you know, detail and specific. And then the other really good tool for the players is they have a search engine. And basically, like, you could go Delaware. It's the Blue Hens, right? Yes. We have the Blue Hens, yeah. Yeah, you could go Delaware, any any school in Delaware, 40,000 and below, business major or criminal justice, Division One, and it'll pull up every school that fits in that criteria. And obviously in the bigger states. I was going to say, we only have four to choose from. No, I don't. <laughs> you, have a pretty, you have a pretty, you know, is, there's not many colleges there. D1, I get D1 or D2 are a bust. Yeah. yeah. So, but that that that's like, to me, is a very unique yeah. tool yeah. that they get to use. And it really helps them in the recruiting process to identify where they're at. Well, I mean, I'd be, I think the part of it is, you know, you we we've, we we both coach at the, at the youth level, and you end up having players who say, "I want to play D one." Okay, well, where do you want to go to school? Well, I want to go to school in this location. Oh, well, where do you want to study? I want to study this one specific major. Well, that might not be that, that particular school, right? So we so the ability to search, do a search function like that, I think it's extremely important. It allows players to have as much information. It allows right. families to have as much yeah. information as possible. Um, you start to come up with a realistic. At that, options, I think right? right. Like, I think it gives you it gives you reality of what what's available because I think sometimes, um, and I'm sure you see it in the recruitment side of things. People get stuck on the idea of like I have to play D1, I have to play D1, but there's Division Two, there's Division Three, Junior College, NAIA. There's different levels of the game yeah. that can still give you get you to what you want to do from exactly. an academic standpoint, right? So how is it from a recruitment standpoint? How important is it to to connect the players and just to give them as much information as possible. What is what is that process like for them to be able to make an informed decision? I I, f I think with the processes like the sooner like the what's great about their profile page, they can create favorites. And like you said, some kids are going to go Stanford, Harvard, yeah. Duke, and you know that's that's hard to do, really hard to do. But the process is if they start doing it in ninth and tenth grade, they start to re you know they'll start to realize where they are. But like you, I think you made a really good point. Some of the best academic schools in the country are Division Three or Division Two. I'm like currently helping a kid go to MIT, for example. And it's like, it's, you know, not many prospective student athletes are going to play high level pro and get the Kelly O'Hara chocolate milk commercial and get half a million a year or whatever. Yeah. You know, it ain't going to happen too often. So the bottom line is, it's like, you got to find that fit. And I think the other thing what a lot of, you know, these prospective student athletes don't realize is there's so much academic money at certain schools, not at the Ivies and, and certain schools, but like you can apply to certain schools and you're getting 30, 40 grand and your dad's on, your mum and dad are only paying 10, 12 grand. And if you get a bit of soccer money, all they're doing is paying for airfare or gas money. Yeah. So it's, it's really, you know, the more you do, the better you're going to be. We do educational like semi seminar zooms for the clubs, yeah. and we just you know basically we get on there, we tell them about what they should be doing their freshman year, sophomore year, or if they're already in their junior year, senior year, and so on. And we just we guide them as best as we can. And I think every process is similar, but it's also unique, and it's always going to be 
like you said, realistic. And it's knowing you got to have a club coach that knows kind of where you're at as well. Because I think that's going to really help the process. But obviously, if they play in big showcase events, then they're going to get hopefully seen and it can take care of itself that way. But obviously, there's there's so many events now, it's... It's hard. It's, it's a bit saturated. And, yeah, it's got watered down. You know, but obviously MLS Next right now is the go-to for the guys, and ECNL is pretty much the go-to to the girls. The, the other leagues are good, but, they, you know, it'd be great if everyone was unified, but yeah. it is what it is right it now. It would make it really simplified. Yeah, you know. It would be a real simplifi simplification if everybody was yeah, unified. Yeah, you know, but that's that's the challenge. I and think I think it's hard for a coach to go to, I mean, if there's two events in the same weekend and, you know, you have, you're out in San Diego, but, you know, we're over here on the East Coast and it's hard when there's an event in Maryland and there's an event in PA on the same weekend. And it's tough because yeah. you want to be able to, you don't know who you're missing out on. You have people that reach out, but you want to be able to see everybody so you can, you know, make your program the best. No, exactly. You guys doing any live streaming on the app yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. They actually just released, um, you know, like Gamecast on ESPN. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They just released um, the ability to do that at games. So, like, you know, you've always got that parent or manager that wants to do that. Yeah. You know, Susie Quickfeet took a shot. Or, yeah. you know, Lisa's taken the corner or so-and-so scored. And what's really good about it is the starting 11 that's put in there, if a college coach is recruiting, say the college coaches can favor the players that they like. Mm -hmm. And they don't know. The, the prospective yeah. student athlete doesn't know, but they'll like favor them. And then if they're at that event, they've registered for that event, it will ping a notification on their phone to say, hey, Susie Quickfeet just scored or Susie Quickfeet's playing. It's awesome. So that that to me is You're where making it I really think, easy. I think I think that's where TGS is a really good edge because it has all these little features that make it come come together as a really strong foundation and i get it that i work for it but yeah. the the other side of it is we're always like looking to make it more complete and it's obviously the landscape's always changing we know that and you know but that's we're always trying to make it a little bit more ahead of the game well i think it's information right information is is yeah is exactly. key right the most the more information that parents and families and the prospective student athletes can have the better prepared they'll be to yeah. make an informed decision yeah. right it's it's so it comes down to um what are you finding are are some of the bigger challenges or what are some of the bigger questions that prospective student athletes have when it comes to when it comes to the recruitment side of things i i think you know when you go to any you you see any club and they're gonna have three or four kids that everybody's chasing and it's kind of that middle level kid and you know I, i'll i'll tell you a story i coached a kid at ninth grade at surf she was on the b team she probably shouldn't have been on the b team but she was on the b team and i took the team i did the tryouts in the city you're on the team she was my first handshake she ended up being the leading goal scorer in ecnl the next three years she was playing right back she should never have been playing right back then she went to Stanford, scored 17 goals, got 20 assists, got brought down in the box seven times. She didn't get assists for that. But Kat Macario took the PKs. You know yeah. who Kat Macario yep. is. And, you know, she ended up winning national title. She just helped the Danish team get to the final 16 of the Champions League. But 
I, my point of saying all that is there's players out there that maybe are in the wrong position or don't get pushed enough to catch them other players up. Because I see players all the time that I'm like, with a little bit of this and a little bit of that, whether it's weaker foot development, just having better weight in their past, just teaching them how to play within themselves, it would make them so much more recruitable. But it's that that middle ground, I feel, that middle level of a team that doesn't get pushed. And and I think the biggest challenge for me with youth soccer right now, and you guys probably see this all the time, a lot of U18 teams, they commit, and then they take the foot off the pedal. Yeah. And it's yeah, a collective absolutely. thing. It's not just the players. It's the, the coaches, team. The yeah. coaches, yeah, the and, everybody's and mentality. And I, I don't know what you guys think out here because I'm just – I'm in the West Coast. But I've seen a big – level of tactical quality and tactical purpose you know i can't speak for the guy side but the girl side i feel like it's just not the same quality that you used to am i making you laugh Wayne, or am i saying saying no it was, it's the co-host he, he said something <laughs> it's not it's, it's nothing to do with, you keep going keep no going. but like the tactical purpose yeah, isn't the same right. mate you know and and for me you know i think we're seeing them kind of affects you know at all levels you know well and it also it affects it affects the mentality going into the college game afterwards right if they're if they if they have the like sometimes you know at the college game you only play a certain amount of games and then if that's the mentality you're going to have an, at, at the high school age and then what happens if you realize you you know you're out of the potential playoff hunt or, or things like yeah, that yeah you still got to try, right? You still got to put the effort in. You guys right? put the effort in. I think that's that's key. Yeah. <laughs> I started coaching college in 98 and I ended in 16. And around 2011 or 12, there was this like, there wouldn't be many of them, but they started to come into your program where you had to ask kids to work hard. Right. And that never existed. You'd like, they'd be there to be like, this We're is here. the greatest yeah. opportunity yeah. of my life. I am so fortunate. I'm getting after it every day. They'd listen. They'd never talk back. They'd never whisper or gossip. And now, like, you know, these, I feel sorry for a lot of these college coaches because they have these, have to have these extensive policy manuals <laughs> of every little detail, what they can and cannot do. You know, and obviously social media can be positive, but it also can be. Uh, it can be negative. It can, well, I think it's more negative than positive yeah. for me. Because, you and know, then from a team standpoint, it hurts your team from a certain perspective. I mean, it's great if your team's together doing a TikTok dance, right? And it shows the, the team bonding. and Yeah, the quality of the program. Quality, yeah. right? But at the same time, it could also hurt your program. It could also be used as a negative tool. It can, yeah. you know, people can send, you know, stuff that, you know, hurts the program or gossip or start those rumors. And it's not fair to the coach because you ultimately don't have any control. You brought all the players in to, you know, to play and to compete. And now it hurts you as a coach. Yeah, no, very, very well said. The other good thing with TGS, they have a player evaluation and they also have like fitness programs where they can monitor, they can give out, you know, designated workouts, give them videos to do and all that. So like, obviously again, my, you know, my challenge I see with a lot of coaches, they coach three teams. Yeah. They do skills or goalkeeping yeah. or college or finishing. And it's hard enough to coach two teams, right. you know. Right. So, like, ultimately, yeah. managing 60 kids slash their parents. Yeah. It, and, and I'm not blaming the coach, but, like, their energy and their it's, focus it's hard to, to replicate detail that. with a player. Yeah. 
you know, is 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 complicated. And that's, you know, I'm not saying that TGS can solve all of that, but it definitely helps where they can just go, oh, I can send them this technical wool workout or this technical cone workout or this fitness program. Again, the kids got to apply themselves and want it and get after it and so on. And obviously... You're giving them the tools to be successful. Yeah, and and that's 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 obviously. I mean, it sounds like TGS is is the key to success. Man, you give them a lot of you give a lot of opportunity. Yeah, it's it, about it, taking it really advantage does, of the opportunity. Like Steve, the owner, Steve Patterson, he played pro for a while, and so he's not one of these tech guys. He's very tech, very good with tech, but like he's not one of these tech guys that didn't play. Right. So he gets it. He gets what is going on and he coached club for a little while as well. So he understands what the parents thinking, what the players thinking. And I think that's what makes it, you know, have that strong cohesion and a culture that's, you know, building and, and, you know, we, we just got to keep trying to help the game. My, my, my number one goal has always been, I just want to help the game get better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like there's been waves of greatness in this country where it's like, wow, the game is just flying. Yeah. And then now I feel, I felt like we've been standing still for a little bit. And some of it can be due to COVID, yeah. but some of it I think is too many people doing too many jobs. Too many leagues. And and well, that too, but like not applying themselves, you know, to 20. When I first started coaching at 19, I had one team. Right. right. And it was my it was my golden, golden everything. Yeah. And now it's like I know 25-year-olds that get three teams. And they haven't even been around the block, block and earned the stripes, right. and that's it's not good for the game, mate. It's not no, good for it's the not. Game. At the end, it hurts the players. Yeah, and 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 there's a lot of talented players that don't get where they. That's what I was saying with that middle level player. There's a lot of players I see and go, wow, they could be on yes. the national team one day. I mean, I, I've just seen, I've just seen it at different levels. I mean, I was. There were two coach, two two schools that recruited Alex Morgan, UC Berkeley, and the school I was at, University of San Diego, and you know she came in my office and I said, "You're going to play the national team one day." She thought I was full of it, but she was on a blue collar club in the middle of nowhere, yeah. Cypress Elite. No one knew of her, and I was like, "I've never seen a kid so fast, left footed, and she could finish like a demon." Then I was like. Why is other people not recruiting her? But yeah. back then it was, you know, it was it was just different back then. And I unfortunately didn't get her, but I almost got her. And but the but the point of the matter is it's like there's talent out there. Yeah. And you just gotta find it. And and you know, credit to them Cypress Elite guys, that was all they did. They didn't have four other teams. Yeah. Them coaches had that one team. And that there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Like that one team. And, and usually you got a Batman and Robin head coach, assistant coach, but now it's like, oh, uh, we got five games here. We got, you know, it's it's not it's not what it needs to be, and that's the challenge because everybody's making a lot of, yeah. you know what, <laughs> you know. I was just I was just looking over at Kyle to try to figure out who was Batman and who was Robin. You guys <laughs> all, you guys all look like. Uh, Avengers to me. <laughs> I'm Iron Man. You look, you look like an Iron Man. Well, and you're I mean, the Incredible Hulk. Okay. I'll tell you this. Listen, if if we ever get Alex Morgan on the podcast, we're bringing up that quote. Yeah, yeah, you bring it. I, I, I still. She lives in San Diego. Her her husband Savondo played pro for a while, 
and for the galaxy right la galaxy no yeah and he he was like 12 13 when i was coaching at surf and then he went to uc berkeley and that's where their romance and all that but like i i actually run an academy in san diego with one of his former teammates is a goalkeeper austin guerrero so there's there's a lot of you know people out there that do it the right way yeah. and there's too many people trying to do it the, <laughs> the quick way and i think the more people earn their stripes and do it the right way you know i'm really excited for like the you know the thompson girl see yeah. how her journey goes i coached against her when she was seventh and eighth grade and yeah. she was a wrecking ball and she was playing <laughs> four years up then so i hope did you win the game yeah we did we, yeah. <laughs> we did we did but we that team, it wasn't exactly my team, but it was a team I was an assistant on. And like that Jenna Knight swung a kid who got drafted number four mm-hmm. from Florida State. It was her team and that team. Shout out the three. UWS players, yeah, huh? There you go. Yeah, that that she was she that team won three national championships. A guy called George Larson coached the team and he did a really, really, really good job with them from like sixth grade all the way through. And they were they played with so much flair and crap. And that was his baby. That was yeah. his, that's what he did. It kind of goes back to that, like, he didn't coach five teams. He coached this team yeah. and he kind of had another team, but it was like, he's and he's, you know, I helped him, but it was, it was his team. And, and nowadays I think it's reversed, right? You got to earn your stripes to be able to coach yeah. one team and say, I want this team and this is the team that, then I'm going to take. Yeah. I, I feel like that's, I think it's reversed to what it used to be, where it's like, yeah. oh yeah, if you were good, you coach multiple teams. Now it's if you're good, you get to pick. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like information and they're doing the right way is the, the big topic of conversation. And it looks like TGS. TGS is, is leading the way. Is doing that. And it's, and that's fantastic. It's, so it's, I know you got other people to get to, but TGS is definitely a consistently yeah. involving system. And it's, and, you know, we get college coaches go, oh, we want this added to the system. Yeah. And we add it within yeah. 24, yeah. 48 hours. Before you, before we let you go, can you, uh, how do we, the app is in the app store, I'm, I'm assuming? Yeah. So, and the app is called Total Global Sports? Yeah. Awesome. And it just depends on, you know, the you have, get the club, you get the player, yeah. your college coach, you get the college. Yeah. It just depends where, where you fit into the, into, in, into, into the, the program, into the platform. But it's. It's you know it's very simple and it's it's just going to continue to grow and so. you guys going to Anaheim? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Get man. a room. Get a room with Mickey and Donald because uh. the rooms ain't going to be cheap. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be four hundred plus. I will guarantee it. Uh. We got we got to get we got to get a TG. You got to get us some hoodies so we can fit in. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll get you guys his information. I'll be happy to help you out. Perfect. And That's if you it. ever want some old. I can definitely get some pro women pros on here. Good ones. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'll, I'll get them on we your gotta podcast. We got to get Alice Morgan because I got to ask her the question. <laughs> yeah, I'll see. If I, I'll, I'll see if I can get her, mate. She's yeah. she's got a pretty high profile uh, yeah, agent yeah. now. Yeah, no, nah, absolutely. No, we would definitely appreciate no, it. No, we appreciate you coming on. So thanks so much. All right, Dwayne, I sent you an article, or I sent you a PDF the other day. This guy's giving me literature to read. I did. Well, I I also talked. We talked about if you if you know Dan Dan gave you the challenge of watching one episode of Ted Lasso, which I'm assuming you didn't do. Uh, yeah. So I uh, I walked into a room and saw that it was on TV. I was like, "What the heck are you watching?" Like Ted Lasso, you ain't gonna watch this. And it was like, 
yeah, it seems kind of whack. So I watched like 30 seconds of it. But you, yeah, but you can't you can't start in the third season. Uh, I don't know what season it was. How do you know it was on the third season? Because if she was watching it, she's already watched the first two seasons. She was watching the new episode that came out on Wednesday. Come on, somebody that watches Home Improvement. They didn't watch the first two seasons of Ted Lasso. What was happening when you walked in? Oh, uh, they were in like a room. In a room where? I don't know. It didn't look like a soccer room. Was it a hotel room? It was like it was like wood on the walls. Oh, it was a boat. I got a yacht or something? It was a house it was a houseboat. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it was definitely the episode from this week. See? Told you. Was it a bald guy and a lady and a lady with blonde hair? Yeah, I didn't pay that much attention. No, well, right. Okay. Well, anyways. I'm not, I'm not good with people anyway. Well, anyways. Um, so there's a company called Playmetrics. Um, that the guy that I called a kid OJ this week. <laughs> what? That was his initials. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and like, there's too many kids with the same names. So I called him OJ. I hope go. you didn't realize what OJ meant, but. That's all I was going to get through practice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, um, so Playmetrics is a company that, that, um, that provides registration systems. So it's somewhere in between Godsport and Team Snap and Team Connect and, and all those, all those systems. Sports right? Engine and Demosphere. Yeah. All, all that stuff. League apps, every, every, all that stuff. Right. And, there are I I will I will I will preface this entire conversation with the fact that I haven't used Playmetrics as a system. I've used many other systems. They all have their good things and they all have their bad things, right? I don't particularly care where one side like who where you fall into it. It doesn't really matter. All have positives, all have negatives, right? But Playmetrics came up, they did a research project or they they hired a company to do a survey of the state of youth youth sports clubs and parent expectations. So this is covering um, soccer, lacrosse, ice hockey, volleyball, and then other, right? Um, so basically it's an, it's a 21 page PDF. And I want to, I want to talk about a few highlights here um, that I don't a hundred percent agree with. Um, so I, there are some things that are not bad in it, that that um that it talks about one about technology and and the use of technology and sometimes the communication or the lack of communication that that clubs have across multiple sports and the fact that you know if and that if if the if one player if you have multiple kids if one of your players is having a good experience then you're more likely to sign up your other kid for the same program right and all all that is is good and it's not bad information the total sample size was 507 parents. Which to me, if you're going to create this big of a of a statement, it, it can't be 507 people across the entire country. No. Um, it, it, it's we, too low. Yeah, it, it's too low. And we all know who really fills out surveys, right? It's people that have time or people that have they i mean surveys do drive change but people that feel like their opinion is going to change the direct situation that they're in yeah like so it's usually you gotta, you gotta be realistic that play metric isn't going to come 
into your club and change your experience, right? Like what right. You, some people ask for just isn't going to happen. Well, I think the other part of it is also when you when you're dealing with a sample size, consider again they they start off the survey or they start off the report saying that the um the the club the sock the youth sports industry is a 20 billion and 20 billion a, a year industry so when you have when you're talking about the idea of 20 billion dollars a year 507 people just doesn't move the dial at least not for me right um i think i think part of it is also when you have 507 people i think it's like what you said doing right you end up with with the people that either are super happy and have time or whatever, or you end up with the people that are very upset and they just want to complain or they want an avenue to be able to complain, not really taking into account whether their 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 complaints are valid or not. Um, if you had a larger size sample, I think you would be able to have more credible data that you could that you could use. Um, yeah, I think part of it is also I would I would venture to I I don't know how the sample size came about, but based on based on the demographics of it and the regions, right? So it's about 23-24% across the New England South regions, the northwest or sorry, the Midwest and the Pacific Coast, coastal, but the southwest only has 9% which to me is a huge drop off. So that tells me that what you used is the people that are already used play metrics. Right. And, and so if you end up with a pocket or with a pop with a pocket or a, or a region that doesn't use play metrics because they, it, the industry standard in that region is something else, then that's why you didn't get that sample size. So realistically is your data really like, are you really speaking for the entire country? Or are you just speaking for right. people that use your platform already? Right. Or are you have are you upset about technology because you couldn't remember your password and now you're filling out a survey? <laughs> exactly what it is, right? And that's actually yes. up in the survey. I think the other part of it is is that the um the pre-tax annual household income of more than half or almost half, um, forty-eight percent is is over a hundred thousand dollars a year which i don't know that it's a accurate representation of 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 the entire population of the country either i, I don't know i don't know i just if i don't make it over a hundred thousand dollars a year you're paying a lot of money for club soccer let's just put it like that you're gonna be yeah. you're in an area that you're paying a lot more than what a lot of people can offer you i think and i think that's a problem in itself i mean it's a whole different conversation but when i mean just and you know this is just a theory though but if you're gonna if you're making that much money you're willing to pay more for things yeah so you may be paying more for soccer but we all know that and not everybody is like this but sometimes when you pay more for things you don't you get the same results as if you were to pay yeah. the same price yeah and, and someone else is this is this is this to me this has nothing to do with with saying that that people that make over a hundred thousand dollars are, are mm. good, mm. It, it does. It, I'm just pointing out the fact. I'm just I'm just reading the survey results. It's the difference between you driving a Honda and an Audi. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in an in a household income, it's two people making fifty thousand dollars a year. I don't know that it's super unattainable or super like, but at the same time, I also think um I again, once again, you're talking about you're trying to make the the and the point of this is that the survey or the the results of the survey trying to make these claims about youth sports when realistically you didn't really you, you have a 507 people that filled it out right so so That's you not even an entire club worth of people right exactly right so um so some of the things that that I didn't really didn't really agree with um the results and the reason why I bring this up is because I do think that it's good to talk about about what's happening um I think you know this talks about it parent expectations um and why people get frustrated and why people are frustrated so here's what here's what matters most to parents um uh on the field elements of the club experience matter most to parents. Quality coaching, practice, and game scheduling, as well as playing time, are the most commonly reported factors that influence a parent's opinion of a club. So, the top three factors that most influence overall opinion of a club 57% quality of coaching, 48% practice and game schedules, um, and 44% say playing time. So, to me, there's one key thing that is missing, which when you look at the research that is done as to why kids play sports, not why parents choose to have their kids play sports, but why kids play sports, one of the things is missing from that list. Do you know what scoring I'm talking about? Goals. Huh? Scoring goals. Not necessarily scoring goals. Kids having fun. Kids having fun. Right? Like having fun when you're scoring goals. Like what should influence the opinion of a club, part of it should also be is your kid enjoying the experience? Right? Is your kid having fun? Is your kid learning? And we can sit here and argue with the fact that quality of coaching potentially influences that. But my daughter does dance, right? My daughter's five years old. She does dance. If somebody were to serve, give me a survey and ask me about the quality of coaching at her dance studio or whatever that she does, I don't know that I'm qualified to, to rate that. But you don't listen. You don't know what the heck she's doing. No. So I don't know what the quality is. All I know is that my daughter comes home on Tuesday nights and she has fun. So to me, that means something's going right. Does she, does she, is she a world-class dancer or ballerina or anything like that? No, she's also five years old. So I don't know what it should look like because no one's ever given me a benchmark as to like, hey, here's what it here's the, the boxes you need to check in order to say it's quality coaching. I don't know that, right? So I can't like I can't make an argue, uh, I can't make an informed decision whether my kid's getting, but I do know my kid likes to dance. She enjoys going to practice or whatever her classes and she wants to continue to do it every Tuesday. So that influences my overall opinion of it. Like she enjoys it. It's challenging for her. 
because she has fun. Like, like it. I don't, and I think that's the problem. I think this survey, what it does, is it puts parents potentially in the idea that they're in the driver's seat. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I think the quality of coaching, right? The quality of coaching, even as even the best coaches are going to reflect and say, well. I can do this better. I could have been better here. I can do better. So the quality, I think, relies a lot on reflection of the coach on if they can improve or not. Or if they are, you know, some people are just set in their ways and, you know, they're going to coach this. Every team they get, they're going to coach them the same way, their style. They don't adapt. Um, And you just have, you know, there's always a need for coaches. It's not like we have, I don't know anybody that's really turning coaches away. So sometimes in some areas you're gonna kind of you get what you get, right? Like if yeah. you're if you're looking for a qualified coach, sometimes it's a parent that's watching their kid play because they don't want to coach their kid. Yeah, right. You see that sometimes too. So there's a lot of. I mean, it's a debate where you can kind of debate a lot of different things. Yeah, right? and don't get me wrong. I, I'm not trying to say that that parents don't don't play a role in the in the in the youth sports world. I do think they play a role. What I think the problem is is that we need a cultural shift or mindset change of what the roles of the parents are. And I think we need to educate we as as sports professionals, or for us specifically with soccer, we need to be able to educate parents as to what the experience is or should be or what we're trying to get out of it if yeah. we're looking at it from the perspective that again and the, the the survey flat out says it where it says it's a 20 billion dollar a year industry um and it's uh it talks about the fact that that youth sports have now been professionalized Right, one hundred percent. Like you have to have. They've been professionalized, but but I don't know that that's a good thing either. Like I I think, and also oh I forgot to mention this, um half of the people that that they surveyed, um their player plays at the recreational level. So that right. that already tells me again, if you're playing any sport at the recreational level. The whole point of the recre- of a recreational program is to have fun and be active and and have be able to socialize with other people. And while that's happening, you're learning a new sport or you're learning a- or you continue to learn a sport and develop within it. But the whole point is to have fun, be active, and try to find or learn the basics of a sport. It's not it it shouldn't be to train seven times a week playing recreational soccer or recreational anything. It shouldn't be that um, we are, we are, we are taking kids out of games or we're, we're unhappy because somebody can't play or somebody can't do this, or somebody has um, something that doesn't allow them to play. So that way you don't want them on your team. Um it can't be that I must win this game. So you need to sit down. It can't be that I'm yelling at referee. Like it can't be any of that stuff. It can't be a lot of that, that stuff at any level, really. Right. But no, at it's recreational level. Everyone should get the same amount of playing time. 
the scores should really not matter. It doesn't mean that you don't you don't try to teach competition because competition is is part of it, and we want kids to compete. We want kids to want to earn something, but at the same time, it, it needs to be because of a process, right? The result happens because of the work that's put in. The right. result isn't above everything. And you that's win some, it. you win some, and you lose some. Right? Because you know what, you know what, you know what we're missing is kids don't know how to lose. Yeah, kids don't, don't want to be lose. winners. It's listen. It's easy to be on the winning team. I'll tell you what I've been on. I've coached. I've coached a lot of soccer, and yeah, it's a lot easier to coach the teams that win the most games. It's a lot easier, but it's a lot of fun coaching the teams that lose games to get. But it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more challenging. I'm not saying it's a lot more fun to lose, but it is more challenging. And there's a different level of joy that you get when you win with a team that that you had to overcome something. I've had a lot of fun this week. We we lost the game by one goal that we should have won. And I've had my two training sessions have been a lot of fun because I've figured out, I mean, we had a minor, not minor problem. I figured out our problem, Yeah. figured out a way to fix it. And all this week, the focus has been fixing that problem and watching those kids, giving them the guidance to solve their problem. Yeah. So that way, if they lose, maybe it's because of something else. Or if they lose, maybe they were actively trying to solve their problem and made a mistake, which, again, we can live with that. It's a teaching moment. It's an opportunity to give our kids the opportunity to develop. Right? I think one of the things, right? Tell your kids, don't kick the ball into the middle. Right? Kid does that. Goals get scored. Guess what? That's a teaching moment for that kid. Because for that kid, maybe it's bigger than just kicking the ball into the middle and giving up that goal. Right? It's... Hey, when mom said, you know, don't run across the street, this is what she meant. (laughs) Like, take, listen to adults' advice. Like, that might be the mindset that stays with that kid. Take adults' advice. They say, don't run across the street, don't run across the street. It's like when you kick the ball in the middle, they score a goal, right? Yeah. So I think it's just those life lessons. And, and yeah, I don't know. We can go on forever with this. Yeah. I, I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna make sure that, that we we I kind of end it with I mean a, a piece of advice to any parents or or family members that are decision makers for other for kids. We don't want to discourage you from from speaking your mind or or speaking out or things like that. What my point of this is, don't let don't look at this and go, this is what should be driving a hundred percent of my decision making ability. And and I think they don't show up to a club going, hey, is my kid going to get all the playing time in the world or is my kid not going to get like, no, you should focus on like, what are you going to do to make sure my kid wants to come back every day? Um, What's the over like you got to look at the big picture, right? You're on a team, right? You're on a team with, you know, 16, 17, 18 other players, whatever, 15, 16, whatever. Is my kid making friends? Is my kid, what's like, is my kid have a role? Like, is my kid the captain? Is my kid a role player? Is my kid, you know, the friendly one? It's all of those things because those are the things that are going to be in life. Like in a team, if your kid is the captain, now you're looking at your kid when they go off the cup, they're going to be a leader, right? If your kid is a role player on a team, you know, that might be the, like, they may say, hey, in life, I don't really want to be a supervisor. I just want to be that 
role player that gets everything done. Like within the team, what's my kid's role? Okay, my kid's a starter. Okay, my kid's one of the best. Oh, my kid comes off the bench. Maybe my kid does better coming off the bench. But like everybody finds those different roles. And you have to look at the overall experience. Don't say, oh, my kid comes off the bench every game and then fill out the survey in a negative standpoint. Yeah, I need more technology so that way I can fix it. Like that's not doesn't maybe my kid went to the coach and said, I want to come off the bench. I played better off the bench. You've had that happen. I I literally have a a kid like that. Yeah. I started him and I'm like, man, you do need to come off the bench. Yeah. (laughs) You try to let let everybody start, right? (laughs) Yeah. This one is like, never mind. You just want one that doesn't start. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's, yeah, I think it's hard when we try to make these, these big statements, um, because we have to be careful with what we say, because things like this end up creating influence and a ripple effect across the board, depending on how, who finds it and who reads it. Yeah. And with every survey, I think that you, there should be a opportunity for you to fill in like a short short ended answer yeah like if it's like okay my kid had to use like the two or three apps thing right and you were dissatisfied well i had to register my kid and i'm on team snap right like use that for an example yeah yeah you got to go in and pay somewhere else but you only got to do that three or four times a year if you're on a payment plan right yeah so if the team snap is going well you just struggle to pay three or four times a year. That's an easily solved problem. That's not, I don't want to say that it's a huge technology problem, but like if you rate that a one and you say, well, this is why. Yeah. That's a, that's fixable. Yeah. Right. Now, if you're like, I see some of them are like three or four apps. That's outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> like that's too much. Um, That's too much. I mean, I think it's hard for parents to be on an app for their kid's school yeah. Be on an app for soccer. Like it's confusing for them. Yeah. Um, but I think you got to look at some of these answers and see, like, and count, look into why people are yeah. responding that way. Now, th- again, this is also not not a negative, this is not a negative knock on on play metrics. I the, the play metrics yeah. system could be fantastic. And ultimately, if play metrics came up to us tomorrow and said, Yo, we wanna we wanna sponsor you, we'd be like, yo. The soccer podcast sponsored by Playmetrics. Go use Playmetrics. But I mean, they could come up to us tomorrow and say, "Hey, can you well, can you help us push the survey?" Like maybe they, who knows, who filled it out in Delaware? Can you help us? Yeah, I just fill it out in Delaware. Again, my point is not to. This is not a knock on Playmetrics at all. This is this is nothing to do with them specifically. They're just the ones that put out the survey. So I'm just making a comment or an observation on on the survey itself um yeah so all right well let's move on um uh player of the match who is your player of the match doing you know who it's not david de gea (laughs) (laughs) of the week (laughs) um player of the match or harry Maguire, for that matter right harry Maguire is always he's always uh He's always there. Player of the match. Man, I watched some soccer. I'm trying to think. We didn't go to any, we didn't have a game last weekend. 
that we went to. No, no Philadelphia New game. Manchester City played. Holland scored again, right? Uh, you can call it the early Holland player of the match award. Yeah. There you go. Um, mine goes out to is that what you're gonna do? No, I'm gonna find one. All right, well, while you're doing that, um mine goes out to Sammy Mitchell for scoring the one hundredth goal in the Odessa varsity um program history. Now our program's only oh, that's our program's only only two years old, uh, as far as varsity soccer is concerned. Third year of the program itself, but two as a varsity program. And she scored the hundredth goal on uh on Wednesday. So yeah, you scored fifty one goals this year so far. Yep. And only giving up six. Only giving up six. So only one there's only one high school scoring more goals than you. Who? Archmere. They average seven goals a game. Oh, yeah. 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 So um, but yeah, so I I I wanna I wanna say that, you know, congratulations to her because that was a that was a big accomplishment. So yeah, I remember who one? Was gonna be. Who? No, I remember who mine was. Who? You both played a couple nights ago. That's who was playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We give it to Sean Johnson, man. Poor guy had a shutout streak from 2011. And he was on a 12-year shutout streak for the U.S. men's national team. Wow. Um. So, shout out to him. Yeah, it got snapped. But for 12 years... He had not given up a goal. He hadn't given up a goal since 2011 in a U.S. Wow. national team uniform. Hmm. It's impressive. Yeah. Because you figure even if you play one game a year, and he usually plays like the Gold Cup. Yeah. But you figure it's like one game a year, dude. Like at least in those years of not giving up a goal. Yeah, that's crazy. Like we can all argue and say he doesn't play the best competition. Yeah. But it's still impressive. Um, that's good. You know? Say it again. You cut off what question, right? What I said, I'm trying to figure out why Sardinia Des was playing for the U.S. on Wednesday. He's in it, he's still in Italy, right? I mean, his team played a Champions League game the day before. (laughs) He's at Milan. Hey, maybe he's not, he's not getting called up. So, there you go. Like, he was literally like. First of all, it was weird that they were just playing the game friendly in the middle of the week. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, obviously, you got to go really domestic. But, like, they were like, yeah, Virginia Dust is starting. And I was like, Milan just go to the Champions League semifinals? They did, yeah. Just not without, without Virginia, though. Yeah. Um, let's talk about right. Bayern Munich. Oh, let's talk about Bayern Munich. Okay, go ahead. What do you want to talk about Bayern? These clowns fired their coach. Yes. Because they were scared that Tuchel is going to be picked up by someone else. Yep. And then this guy gets them, loses both the Champions League games. Well, that has got to be the technically tied the second one. Well, it went 0 1 and 1. Yeah. You signed a, you fire a guy that was perfect in the Champions League. And sign someone else who can't even get you a win. Yep. Like that has got to be the dumbest, <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you could have just signed the guy and been an assistant coach. And then when as soon as you lost, fired the other guy and said, all right, like, you go. 
They could have been a little bit more discreet about that, but that has got to be the dumbest. Yeah. It must be nice to have a lot of money. That, that kind decisions. of money. Yeah. Yeah. Just to make dumb decisions like that. I mean, you could have had to shell as your insurance policy. Right? He could have had him on the bench, and that would have been your insurance policy. Nagelsmann, as soon as you lose, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> you always want to have that insurance policy. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Nagelsmann's well, not going to Chelsea now either. No. Um his name. All right. Uh on this day in history. This might be the longest, like I, I, there were so many good on this day in history that we're going to go like four of them today. On this day in history, I was born. It's like, that's a, that's the most lots of thing I can think of. <laughs> you were born. That's one of them. Uh, here's another one that I think you might enjoy. Uh, April 21st, 1909. I was not born. 1909. Nottingham, Nottingham Forest playing Lester Fossey which is now Leicester City. Okay. It's a Fosse. Uh Forest won 12 nothing. But the reason was because Leicester uh 2 days before the match they attended they attended uh, the wedding of one of their teammates. Um and the celebrations continued to the early hours of the morning of the match against Forest. Oh, <laughs> Sounds like a problem. They lost, they lost 12 nothing. Must have been celebrating my birthday in the past life. Yeah, there you go. Um that sounds, right. like, a, that sounds like a me thing in 1909. <laughs> um, all right. April 21st, 1930. Here we Brentford, go. We're getting closer. Brentford beat QPR 3 nothing at Griffin Park. And they won all 21 of their home fixtures that year. That was the last time that a club won all their home matches in a league season. Um, and like no ties to one, they won all of them. And you know what? Uh, like is? Including including like FA Cup and all that stuff. Like, all their all their home matches that season. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, you know what the funny part is? They didn't give it, They didn't get promoted. They were in the, that. This was Division Three. They didn't get promoted after all that. They lost all their home matches. <laughs> They're also their away matches. They went twenty-one and twenty. They went twenty-one and twenty-one. <clears throat> all right, here we go. Here's the next one. Uh, we're getting closer. April twenty-first, nineteen seventy-nine. Okay, Alan Ball completed his hundredth league appearance for Southampton. He's the first player to do that with four different clubs. So he did it with Southampton, Blackpool, Everton, and Arsenal. So that one I thought was was pretty cool. Um, all right. Remember what I told you to remember to keep in the back of your head? Family Did, members. Family members. All right. April 21st, 1990. Getting closer. So, I'm a young buck, man. I wasn't born then either. Getting getting closer, getting closer. Uh player manager Ian Boer Boyer uh and his son Gary. Uh, were in the Hereford team for the Division Fourth match against Scunthorpe. Uh, first time player and a son were in a game together or played together 
since 1951, Gary scored his first uh, league goal. And then uh, Ian, his dad, uh, played one more game and then retired. That's cool, though. I, like, he held on for his son. Yeah, he held on. Yeah, player. Or they pl- really needed players. Player coach put himself in so that he could play with his son. His son scored his first goal. That's cool. All right. How how far apart were they? Does it say? No, it doesn't say. Um, impressive that they had him right. last, the la- last two. Last two. All right. April 21st, 2013. 18th birthday. Uh, Liverpool is playing Chelsea. Do you remember? They were loser pool back then. Do you remember? Do you remember who was liver who was Liverpool's forward for that in that that in that era? Suarez. That's right. Or Torres, Suarez, or Torres? Uh, Suarez, Suarez. Suarez. What is Suarez famously known for? Biting. Yep, that's when he bought Ivan. That's when he bit Ivanovic. And the cha- it was in the Champions League, wasn't it? Uh, no, um, it was just a regular league match. Which is a regular match, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think loser pool was uh yeah, it was against Ivanovich was playing for Chelsea. Yeah, he bit him in the arm. So um he suffered a ten game uh suspension. So and then he struck again in the twenty fourteen World Cup. The fourteen World Cup. I was gonna say that was the first time. <laughs> no, I was that was to think of when the next one, yeah. That was the second time. Because it happened at Ajax before when he played at Ajax, it already happened once. Um, yeah, but nobody knew Suarez when he played for Ajax. All right, here's the last one. April yeah, for Uruguay. April 21st, 2017. So it was only six years ago. Brighton goalkeeper David Stockdale. Oh, he made history. Made history. Because he scored two goals in his own goal in the same game. And the first goalkeeper to ever score two own goals. Man, you know who else should be in that category? Who? David De Gea. <laughs> so the ball hit the, the post and it hit him in the back twice. In the it same game. Back twice, yeah. Yeah, that's you know that really does suck as a keeper. I remember watching the state tournament, and a team literally got eliminated off of that. Like they went to sudden death, golden goal in the playoffs. Ball goes off crossbar, hits kid in the back, goes in, game over. And it was like, wow, <laughs> like my whole your whole season just came down to like that. Yeah. Um, all right, the Dan Simmons Fair Play of the Week Award. I might be the best soccer player born on April 21st. Maybe. You know who I got? I'm up against Xavi Simons. He's all right. A little, a little short dude. They used to play for PSG. Long hair. Yep. And Isco. And Isco done fell all the way off. <laughs> like these other guys, never heard of them. I might be the best soccer player born. On April twenty first. Okay, good for you. All right, Dan Simmons Fair Play of the Week award. Uh, mine goes out to Bruce Tuckman. Bruce, you know who Bruce Tuckman is? No idea who Bruce. Is. All right, 
Bruce Tuckman was a uh, was an American psychological researcher. Okay. In 1965, he created Tuckman's Stages of Group Development. And the reason why I want to point that out is because over the last few years, I've been using Tuckman's stage of stages of group development to to work with my teams that I coach. And the there's five stages to it. Um, there's a forming stage where the team comes together. There's a storming stage where the there's conflict involved as the team forms. There's a norming stage when the where the ground rules are pretty much set. And then there's a performing stage where everyone's trying to reach that common goal now. And then you have a journey where the the the, the whatever the project or season ends and everybody goes away. Um, and the the model or the, the group, the stages, it, it's not it's not a perfect linear thing. It, you can go back and forth between stages throughout a season or throughout a project. Uh, but it's a really cool way of understanding um how to how to manage a team dynamic. Um, so it's it's helped a lot. It's helped a lot this year for for me. Um, so just give it out to Bruce Tuckman, who unfortunately passed away in 2016. But oh, shout out to Bruce. I'll make him my fair player of the week. Um, just because you know, my team is probably right before the, what did you say it was right before the journey stage? The uh, ad journey. Ad journey. There you go. Ad journey. Uh before journey is performing performing so you got you got to go through the storming stage to get to the norming stage and then you go to the performing stage where are you were the coach last year you you did all that i'm at the performing stage no um, the, the model starts again no i don't start again it started again the moment you took over we fast forward and we fast forwarded no you went yeah. through all of them there's no perfect timing of how, how long it takes to go through all of them you just went through it if you have a mac we hit the f9 key and uh we fast forwarded okay look at you looking at your mac yeah. i just looked at it because it allows your players to like take the leadership roles yeah. like i think that's it like you, when you go I, I do agree that you have to go through them but it allows players to start to take leadership roles mm -hmm. i don't even have to pick the jersey colors for my team anymore got there captains go. for that there you go so shout out to Bruce. That's performing. You're in the performing. performance. That's, that's, I know where stage I'm at. That's good. We're balling and performing. Yeah. But we, yeah, we're F9. We, we, we fast forward it to the. Well, um, well, Dwayne, happy birthday to you. Appreciate uh, it. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. My Venmo is uh, for anybody that you know, wants to wish me a happy birthday. Let me figure out my Venmo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Cash app Venmo. <laughs> Zell, you got Zell? No, nah, I got whatever USA uses. They use something else. Oh. Uh well, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DE Soccer Podcast, D Soccer Podcast. And thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. Mm -hmm.